Well, hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. Uh, and a very festive episode as we near the end of perhaps one of the worst years in my memory anyway, and for many others. Uh, but we will pick apart the year in WWE, um, but of course I'm not going to do this alone. Uh, Rudolph, to my Santa Claus, help me deliver this verbal debate of all things WWE in 2020. Sure, welcome to the show, my friend. I always thought it was more of a vixen, but uh, hey ho, we'll go with that. <laughs> How are you? We're after a good night out of Donna. Um, but <laughs> hey. <laughs> ah, good, good mate. Um, obviously, we've had a bit of a, a break from podcasting, personal yes, lives yes. getting in the way. It's been a busy time of year <laughs> for us both. Yes, there's been some challenging issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've come out the other end of it. Um, yeah, wrestling. Yes. <laughs> late running, you know, Papa Shango at WrestleMania. Bit late there, but he got there, you know. Um, so. Unlike any other show that we've done, this could go anywhere. You know, we're going to look back at 2020 for WWE mostly and somewhat recap um, what's been going on, some of the highs and lows, um, and of course looking forward to what 2021 brings. Um, it's quite a weird year to say out loud. Um, I mean, first and foremost, just in general, sure, this year's absolutely flown in, hasn't it? It really has. Under the circumstances, it has blown by... Um, I still remember sitting watching the Rumble uh, with yourself and others and how how promising things were. How promising things seemed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a couple of marks, eh? You know, <laughs> well, you know that's it. You buy, you buy into it too much. You think you know how wrestling works and just like that, pandemic throws everything in the works. Um, but what a, a ludicrous and unpredictable year this has been. Um, and WWE, of course, has been no exception. Most years in WWE and wrestling in general can be a bit manic. Um, so much happens, but this year just absolutely steamrolls ahead. Um, I think the best place to start is the start. You mentioned the Royal Rumble there. Um, and back in January when, when this little podcast started, we reviewed yes, the Royal Rumble. Yes, um, yes. And my God, at the time, I didn't feel like it could get any better. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A very, very um, strong start to the year. Yeah, I mean, I think we watched one of the, the best Rumble matches, in my eyes, for a long time. Um, it told a, a very good story. It's great moments. I like the story of Brock Lesnar running, running the show for the first half of the match in terms of the Royal Rumble match itself. Um, little mini stories, everybody that came in there. It's st- you know, still very strong in my memory, that one. I, I think that's how, how probably one of the best Rumbles, certainly in the last 10 years. Yeah, um, I, I'd put it down as probably the best modern day Rumble that we've had. Yeah, I'd have to agree uh, with that, yeah. Yeah. Certainly in the 2010s, anyway. Yeah, um... Of course, finally, our hero, Drew McIntyre, what a year he's had. Uh, of course, Claymore's the beast incarnate over the top ropes and subsequently beginning the whole sort of new rumble in the second half of the match. Um, I just thought it built tremendously well. And of course, we get that jaw-dropping, a heart-stopping moment that Edge made his long-awaited return to the, the pop of all pops. What a popski. Uh, nine years out of the business due to his neck issues. Um, and of course, we'll go on to make a, a great showing in the match itself. Um, and of course, finally, the peak with Drew McIntyre would throw Roman Reigns over the top rope and book his place at WrestleMania in the main event. Um, first and foremost, you know, obviously we've touched on the match there um, and how good that was. Um, you know, if people want to go back and listen to the review and the whole show, they absolutely can. Um, just from your memory, Stuart, that, that booking of Brock Lesnar early on, how good was that for Brock Lesnar? Uh, it was good for Brock and it was good for a lot of people involved in the match as well. Like um, A lot of people say that he was just burying people. People that say that don't know what the word burying actually means. Um, Brock was building himself up so he could eventually put over uh, Big Drew, Big Daddy Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the way Brock had started, obviously Brock's out number one. Number one? Yeah, it was number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think to yourself, oh, might, might go the distance here. Yeah, I mean, it actually might happen because he's, he's not letting the numbers build up. 
And in terms of, like, historically, um, a guy of Lesnar's size and his physicality, he's probably the best person to do that. Just, yeah, not don't let the don't let the numbers build up. Just fuck them out. Fuck them over the top rope. That's you. Done. Easy. Um, out with his kind of domination, his comedy stuff was was, was tremendous. It kind of is a throwback to the, the 2002s, 2003 stuff that he was doing, doing with Angle. Just yeah. this really, really good comedy stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to single out a couple of things. Um, MVP's theme hits, he's just fucking, you know, he's jiving and dancing in the ring, you know, he's just to the beat and stuff like that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I popped big time for the uh, the reformation of the Minnesota stretching crew uh, when Shelton came out. Yeah. Uh, and they obviously they looked as if they were going to uh, team up and they turned on him. Fantastic stuff. Absolutely loved that. Um, his reaction to Keith Lee was outstanding. Do you remember that? Yeah, Keith Lee comes out and he's like, oh, who's this? Who's this big motherfucker? Oh, yeah. Who's, yeah. A, who's this big bastard? <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was very much, you know, like, in terms of obviously related to some of the, the previous stories that he's had there with Shelton Benjamin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, up, up in that year, obviously, the good feud with Mysterio at one point, um, the New Day, they'd been involved in there, so they were all in there as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just like the way that Brock Lesnar's history, I mean, his history goes all the way back, you know, to, to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. as you said, with Shelton Benjamin stuff mm-hmm. there. I like how they related to that, but they also brought in some fresh stars, as you said, yes. PC. Yeah. And just being in the ring with Brock Lesnar and his presence and his mm-hmm. name and his, his main event prowess, if you like, that puts you on a pedestal. I think, um, I think his reaction to Keith Lee done more for <laughs> Keith Lee's push than anything. Like totally um, we, we've seen the we've seen the Brock and Braun stare down for the fucking the last seven years. He's sick of that. Um, but the Keith Lee thing was different. You know, just like, oh, who's this? Who's this big lad? Who's this yeah. big bastard? And, and you know, you know that Brock probably doesn't have an absolute an actual clue who he is. No, because he's not seen him since the whole yeah, exactly. NXT. Yeah, so exactly. you know, the fact that he's coming goes. Who's this? You know, it's probably more legitimate than we realise. Genuine reaction. Who's this guy? Keith who? He'll be backstage going to Vince. That Keith Urban's a big fella. But I love that early story, but of course, Drew McIntyre coming in, getting that moment of eliminating Brock Lesnar. Christ Almighty, he was on stars. He was in amongst the stars at that point, wasn't he? Rocket strapped his back and cruising past the moon there. I remember, you know, watching that with you because we watched that together, that one, um, and it was just one of those ones like, yes, you know, yeah. like, yeah, big man's got that rub, um, and it was a really good moment to do it. It was sort of like the reset button. Now we start to build the match up for the second half. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar's looks fantastic up to that point, so it doesn't damage him any, but it of makes Drew McIntyre look phenomenal for putting yeah. him over the top rope, and he just tossed everybody else else out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just absolutely loved that. Um, your, your memories of Drew getting that. And we'll, maybe talk about the win as well um, later on in the match, you know, with the spo- spoilers <laughs> a year on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously, the, the prodigal son, for us as Scotsmen as well, how good did that feel? It was good. Back then, I wasn't sold on Drew completely. I know you were. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, but for me, all he was doing was fucking counting down for three and kicking him in the face. For me, it wasn't doing a lot for me, but it has developed into a. I've had a decent main eventer. Um, I'm not even going to go. On, I'm not even going to say decent character. But I mean, decent main eventer. Obviously, he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the skills in the ring, but he was just always missing that. You know the the promos. Mm-hmm. I think he's developed. I think he's. I think he'll be. I think he'll do just fine. We'll see how, I, it, I, we'll see how it goes. Come in here. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's a. You know a. It's been a breakout year of sorts for him, you know, mm-hmm. um, in terms of coming out from having that potential to be a big star to becoming a big star. I think, 
I think he's earned his place here. I do still think he's got work to do yeah. um, to keep himself there. Of I course. think it's one thing being there for you know throughout a year, but I think coming out of that, I mean, you know, the crowds start getting back, which hopefully is not too far away. Um, if he can cement that place, if he can show, yes, I deserve to be here, um, and if he's the guy that when your Ortons move on and when your Lesners move on, if he can still stand there and and be counted and be a, a top dog. Um, I think that'll be interesting to see, but uh, absolutely a great moment for me. And, and speaking of great great moments, probably I still say one of the best moments of the entire year, let alone Rumble history. Edge's return, um, coming out there, uh, you know, to you think you know me, that 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 phenomenal music hits, the smoke comes out, he clears the smoke clears, and out he walks from it, and just that look on his face of I can't believe I'm back here after after you know nine years um, out of this business, just. Sensational, absolutely sensational. What's your memories of that? So, <laughs> controversially, uh, I could take it or leave it, to be honest with you. Um, I liked Edge back in the day. In fact, I'd go so, I'd probably go as far to say he was probably in my top five wrestlers. Um, I thought his rated dark stuff was incredible. However, I'm not a big fan of old wrestlers coming back after a bad injury. Just for yeah. the sake of it, like... He, well, he's been injured twice since he came back. Like, I get the nostalgia pop. I, I don't want to see these guys in wheelchairs. It, it's happened too often through the years that the guys just don't know when to say, right, that's me, call it a day. And I think that's a, more, a nice thing that you've said that as well because that, that shows that, you know, you, you, you love what he did. And yeah. You care, you care for him, I suppose. But coming mm. back, I suppose it was similar with Daniel Bryan come back. Um, there was that sort of, you know, you're watching the match, you're just you know, looking sort of out the side of your eye just so you don't watch him hurt himself or, you know, you're just fingers crossed that nothing happens to him. Exactly. Um, and I, I don't want to watch a match through my fingers mm-hmm. every time he has to take a bad bump. Um, we'll see how he gets on later on in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd, 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 yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave it there. But I, I, I really enjoyed that moment. Uh, yeah. I thought it had a pretty good showing in the match as well. Uh, and we'll see how his year progresses. Um we can just talk about, obviously we've mentioned the, the men's rumble there in a lot of detail. Um, can't forget about the women's rumble. Uh, and the MVP of that was um, Bianca Belair, uh, who took the, took the title of Iron Woman for that one. Um, 33.20 she lasted, and just an incredible showing for her. Um, she, obviously she's up now, she's on SmackDown, um, shouldn't be... Bailey yeah. I, I think we should talk about it a wee bit just now. Um, you know, I think she has been somewhat treading water throughout the, the most of the year. Mm-hmm. I think now she's maybe getting the, the wheels are starting to move a wee bit for her. Um, there's incredible no doubt she's got talent. Yeah, oh, no doubt at all. Incredible. So many matchups that you've seen during that rumble, you think, yeah, I want a bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair stood out for me. That no, oh, that is a match that I, I think I want that. Yeah, and, and speaking yeah. of Charlotte as well, um, winning the women's rumble mm-hmm. match, I think that was somewhat. Um, controversial in some people's eyes um, but in my eyes it was a right move and obviously yeah. she, would, she would go on and wrestle Rhea Ripley for the NXT title of Mania I thought yeah. it, was, it was a pretty good story and, and feud there I think you had Shayna as your pick to win the Rumble uh, mm-hmm. I'd cemented Charlotte as my pick since start of November I thought yeah she's going to yeah. be the one um, just kind of summed up Shayna Baszler's time on the roster uh, that Rumble show in the fairness and we shall not be mentioning Santina Marella no, no, well, they have no, but <laughs> no, that'll be obviously. Let's not get that up from us. Um, any other thoughts on the rumble? Or are you happy to move on now? To uh, I'm happy to move on because <laughs> this was the high point of the year. It's all yeah, downhill yeah. from here. 
it's, it's, it's a long and and uh, hard to hard to, to fumble along for the rest of the year, but uh, it does begin to go downhill. Uh, Goldberg beats the Fiend winning a second Universal title in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think we just need to get that out there right now. <laughs> um, that was, and really, you know, it really capped off what a horrible few months the Fiend character had went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it started so well. Uh, just, just first and foremost, the backlash of Goldberg winning another Universal title. How wrong is that to say in 2020? I get the meaning behind it, you know what I mean? Obviously, like, I think it's a perfect example of um, <laughs> if the Saudis want to see Goldberg win the belt, you better believe it's happening, you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. is, this is a proper kind of money-making match, this. Um, sorry, money-generating match in terms of, like, they want to see it, so it's, it's happening. Uh, I think by that point, um, I wasn't... I don't, say, I, would, I don't want to say I was done with The Fiend, but I kind of was. Um, yeah, you checked out. It was just a bit repetitive. Um, he had that, that decent match with Daniel Bryan. At the Rumble, yeah. Uh, at, the, at the Rumble. That was really, really good. But I think that was mostly to do with Bryan. It just became watered down. Like, I didn't want to see, I don't want to see The Fiend uh, week in, week out on Raw or SmackDown. I want to see him every two or three pay-per-views. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's, all, that's all I need. Imagine... How imagine seeing um, Balor's demon gimmick every week on NXT when he was doing it? How mm-hmm. warm would that have become? You, you don't you don't need the fiend there every week, which he's doing no. now because it, it's it's an attraction. Yeah, you know, it's... and there's very few of them left in the business mm-hmm. nowadays. There's, there's none to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, now that spoiler takers packed it in, etc. There's none of that sort of that just that entrance that act is enough to get people through the door. Yeah. Um, people go to see WWE. They don't go yeah. to see... The, when the Fiend's on the card, they say, I can't mm. to see that Fiend live, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that... I, I think, first and foremost, when they put him into the title picture against Seth Rollins, it was probably their biggest mistake because... Yes. You know, they, they, des- they destroyed the baby face on a Seth Rollins by mm-hmm. doing so because he mm-hmm. had to then try and go over the Fiend. Yeah, and exactly. trying to get the yeah. Fiend chasing a title, which is something that the Fiend shouldn't give a fuck about. Doesn't, doesn't need a title. A character, the character like that doesn't need a title. No, it should be, you know, cherry picking his opponents two, every two to three months, mm-hmm. just turning up, putting a target on someone, and beating them down. Yes. And I like the idea of when he beat somebody that they changed within themselves. I like that part of a gimmick. You know, yeah. I think it was a good way to target someone and then change their gimmick by having them lose to the Fiend, have them go down a different mm-hmm. path altogether. Because um, in the end, you know, we got a good we got a good turn with Seth Rollins, but he eventually went down this Messiah sort of gimmick and stuff like that, um, which was different. But I think eventually, as times went on, he's found that it's worked well for him. Yeah. Um, I, I I just like the fact that 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 one character had that potential, but again, you water it down, you use it too much, and people just lose interest in it. Of course. Especially nowadays with a fickle fan base like us. <laughs> um, but this was just another nail in the coffin for me. Um. The fact that it was Goldberg winning, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, like, I'm, it's well known I'm a big WCW guy. Um, the biggest criticism of Goldberg in the kind of nowadays is that, oh, you mean he's he's winning a title in two minute matches? Mm-hmm. Go, go watch WCW in the late 90s. That's what he used to do. Nothing's changed. Yeah, that, totally. That was, that was the act of Goldberg, wasn't it? Exactly. Um, like, yeah. Uh, it's just a shame that WWE, you know, I've bought with a few, you know, new characters to older talent 
um, as well. I think that's one of those things for me that's it's always been a bit, you know, um, yeah. you bring back somebody. I understand that these guys have got more star power than anybody you have mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. Um, with, a, with a certain regard, but it doesn't mean you keep using them until they're broken down and you can't use them anymore because you've got nothing to come back to. Uh, I'm not saying anything nobody else has said. You know, it's one of those things we all yep. know that it's still been doing for many years. Um, you, speak to, you speak to a casual fan that's not watched wrestling in a while, and uh, you ask them about Bill Goldberg, and you ask them about the Fiend, and they say, "Oh, fucking Goldberg, excellent! Yep. I remember him, the Fiend. Oh, who? Yeah. Does he touch Wayne's or something? No, exactly. Uh, fucking. Now, nah, for me, the problem wasn't Goldberg winning the title. The problem was the having the title to begin with was the problem yeah definitely totally agree with that um, and his stupid uh, fiend replica belt as well that was great it was horrible it was horrible yeah um, so finally we have to talk about the elephant in the room or the pandemic in the room um, Covid arrives as the year ticks on a little bit we do get through Elimination Chamber beforehand which had very little to shout about um, we did review that one if you want to check that one out as well Um not 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 a strong showing in terms of match quality on that pay per view, but uh, yep, COVID arrives. Um, of course, it's, it's 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 you know just part of our daily vocabulary now, isn't it? It's, it's all we can talk mm-hmm. about. It's hopefully this, this <laughs> getting past this, um, but it, it absolutely ruined the fun. Um, obviously, everybody's livelihood was affected, and even Vince McMahon's corporation could not get away from it um, as much as he wanted to to kick out the two with that one. There was no. Having it, obviously WrestleMania 36 was moved from the 70,000 seater Raymond James Stadium to an empty WWE Performance Centre, um, and would take place over two days for the first time ever as well. Um, I think it's safe to talk about, you know, the effect that it's had undoubtedly on the, the atmosphere of shows and how it's affected our watching and, and, and the interest in watching live wrestling without, without that key ingredient of, of, of fans being in the building. Um, so I, mean, I, th- I, f- I felt at the start. At the start, it was very strange, you know what I mean? Obviously, these guys are trained, uh, WWE in particular, to be playing off like a hot crowd of at least a few thousand people, you know what I mean? Up to like your 70 and your 80,000 people uh, on the big sh- and the, the big shows. Not the big show, but the big shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I thought um, I thought a lot of people get found out. Um, mm. like, nothing against his credibility, but Cena was the one that I felt uh, really <laughs> uh, had... Um, Cena, Cena was doing stuff for the Fiend. Like obviously, you expect him to be able to feed off the crowd, and he changes his promos and how he delivers stuff based on what the crowd was. But he just became very, very robotic. You know, it was almost <laughs> like, <laughs> back. exactly like he's back to the prototype. Yeah. Um, but again, there was a few people who took it in their stride with the the pressure off from there not being a live crowd and really, really upped their game. Um, and we'll talk about them a bit later. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you have to give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt on that because it's just like it's, it's totally uncharted waters, you know. Mm. And you know, to speak about WrestleMania, everybody was questioning: should this even be going ahead? Because it yeah. doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Um, and we sort of chipped in on that wee bit debate. But however, of course, the show did go on, um, and there was various ups and downs. Um, obviously, teething problems with it, you know, the, the new format, if you will, as well. Um, I'll talk about some other people later on, but I think one thing we have to talk about, um, I think we know now, is, is cinematic matches, and I think that's really going to be, you know, a theme for, from this year especially, is that they've just been on, on a high. I mean, most big shows, not just the WWE, um, AEW, I think Impact may have had a couple as well, um, you know, these cinematic matches taking place in far-off lands because, you know, there's no fans there, so let's try and do something spectacular. Um 
because you're, you're really, although it's always been a TV show or a, you know an event in terms of it's always been televised or produ- you know produced, this is now fully. There's no live crowd there to think about, so they can go and do twenty minute matches, you know, in a cinematic form. Yeah, of course. There was bad ones, there was good ones throughout the year, um, but there was, of course, the phenomenal Boneyard match um, at WrestleMania, AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Thoughts on this one, first and foremost? Uh, highlight, highlight of the year. Um, mm-hmm. I think the match showcased Taker in a very, very bright light. Um, something that you... <clears throat> if you've watched his five-part special on the network, you know, his fucking light seems to be... <laughs> on and off and on and off. You know, I mean, there's no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was tremendously done. Um, Stop it, Taker. Oh, like, is that main, that main evented night one, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, night one. Yeah. yeah. So, and arguably, I thought well deserved. Yeah. Um, I thought. Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably my match of the year. Oh yeah, I mean, Which... it was one of those ones that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it says a lot about you know in terms of wrestling this oh. year, or maybe how much of it we've watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I think in terms of. What this match did, it really set a brand, new, it set a new bar yeah. in terms of what can be done in the wrestling world. I don't think it, it didn't feel phony. Um, was yeah, it, like was the, the main thing. I think fucking Hardy was banging on on Twitter like, oh, if it wasn't for me doing my fucking broke universe, this wasn't happened. Happened, but I mean, you look back at that, it was just fucking hokey bollocks. You know, what I, I, mean? I like, take that with a pinch of salt. I mean, yeah. I think absolutely in terms of having a match, quote unquote, in that form. Yes, he was mm-hmm. the first one to do it. Um, but I think Nokia were the first ones to make phones. It doesn't mean they make the best ones nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, you might, you the might... Alcatel of wrestling, man. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, it's one thing to start something, but it's one thing to, to go out there and actually make it, make it great and make people, you know, go, wow, that was, that was pretty good. Did you check that out? Um, Love that one. Night two, they did another one. The Fiend and John Cena took part in a Firefly Funhouse mm-hmm. match. Yep. Um, also this one was enjoyable. ridiculously goofy, but it, it was enjoyable in its own right. Um, I think they added another layer into that Bray Wyatt character a wee bit, and it kind of piqued my interest slightly again. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, there's more to it, but as you said, you know, the constant, they couldn't get over that habit of constantly using them. Um, I think that was the only match John Cena took part in this entire year as well. Yeah, um, it hasn't been seen since, away shooting movies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, do you think the success, first and foremost, of the WrestleMania cinem- cinematic matches meant that they overdid it throughout the rest of the year? Do you think that's why they did so many? No, I think it opened up an opportunity for them to do something different. As you said, mm. when there's no live crowd then, it gives them a bit more artistic licence to go and do these things. Yeah. Um, it breaks up a monotonous kind of a format that they've had for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does open up the, the, the avenues of creativity that we've had. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the lad that used to be in TNA that produced most of these. Uh, Borash, I'm pretty sure it was Jeremy Borash that produced most of these. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he, was, actually, yeah. Uh, he was getting some uh, high praise. I think uh, he did. He, I think thing. he actually produced the Hardy one. Um, yeah, yeah, that remember correctly. Good. So, yeah. um, I think I think we should just just comment here as well. Obviously, this was today, and hopefully it will remain that way. Uh, the final match of the Undertaker. Um, after the release of the, the last Raid documentary, which we've spoken about, we've watched that in its entirety. Um, it is a pretty good watch, to be fair, to get a good mm-hmm. insight into not only the Undertaker, but Mark Calloway himself. Um, and he would have to say his final farewell of Survivor Series just a, a couple of months, or just a month or so ago, actually. Um, I think some people may say that, you know, I think probably rightfully say that Taker's career has maybe went on a bit too long. Um, you know, I think maybe five years too long in terms of where he, could, he probably should have 
left it in the past and, and hung it up for good. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be remembered as, 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 as a top level sort of talent that he was. Um, I think some of this stuff, I don't think it will dampen his legacy a little bit, but it will be in the memory of some people. Of, I wish he'd packed in a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think and you have to respect yeah, you have to respect. Done. Yeah, exactly. You have to respect his kind of passion for the business. But again, it's the same kind of thing as Edge. Um, like Stephen, he was in that match with Goldberg, and you think, oh, he could have died there. Like yeah. literally, inches from death or being uh, in a wheelchair. Like, Come on, you fuck me. Just give up. Like, yeah. But uh, the, I think, it's especially with that, that generation as well, the old, the old school. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just engraved within them. You know, yeah. there's, there's that. Especially how long he's been at it. I mean, 30 years just as the Undertaker. Mm. You know, mm. a few years before that, it's mean Mark. Mean and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I did like the farewell promo, though. I thought very tastefully done uh, with the image of Bearer. Um, yeah, I think it just shows that WWE kind of, did they take care of the stars, you know what I mean? But, mm. uh, you know what I mean? Not so much their dispensable talent. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that very soon. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's the documentary and the farewell promo. I think it was a nice send off. <laughs> the the, do, um, the documentaries kind of I gave away a bit too much in terms of like um, <laughs> his political uh, beliefs. Uh, <laughs> 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 he's choice of t shirts uh, didn't leave much to that yeah. imagination. He might as well had fucking um, Zeb Cotter behind him with the old "Don't Tread on Me" flag, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, so, it's so strange because like so many people say so many nice things about him. I'm not saying that he's a racist or anything, but those t shirts are absolutely questionable. Yeah, I don't know if he just yeah. gets it because he goes to all these bikers conventions and you just give them all these t shirts. He's like. Oh well, it's free. I'll just throw it on. Uh, it doesn't even realise the thing we have it. But uh, I'm going to have to have to I mean, <laughs> deep, deep Republican territory. Um, yeah. So, yep. <laughs> good good stuff, Mark. Thank you, Taker. Uh, yeah. Big question. I, I think it's easily answered, but we'll talk about it anyway. Will there be another one like him? Uh, absolutely not. Um, for a couple of reasons, um, like the nature of how people get into the game uh, has changed forever now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, very seldom you get someday with that kind of grit and, and and furthermore that kind of character um, and even if you do I think he well, he or she uh, they will always be liked likened to the Undertaker uh, which will just kill the hype in the development like you know yeah. I'm going to compare it to like football how many times do you hear like oh he's the next Messi or he's the next Ronaldo like yeah. ah, shut up like fuck off it means nothing uh, that, that shuts him down I hate that you know where like, oh this guy's like the new Ronaldo or the new yeah. this guy or the new mm-hmm. that immediately kills it it's the same with wrestling with gimmicks you know yes. I think they did it with like uh, the new blackjacks when it was like you know JBL Layfield and the kind of other guy was and it was kind of like no no what's wrong with the old ones you know something they're already looking at the old ones exactly Ziggler like, claiming to be the next HBK shut up yeah he's still trying um <laughs> So we'll, we'll talk about, we're in April here, um, let's get skipped by March yeah. a wee bit, <laughs> yeah. um, but in April, uh, sorry, should we talk a wee bit more about Mania or are we quite happy to leave it there? I think we covered the high points of Mania, um, I, I recall the women's five way elimination match being not bad, mm-hmm. but um, I, I can't remember too many other decent matches, the, the, the Owens Rollins was okay. Yeah, um, of course, memorable for that one spot. That, you know, exactly. Owens came onto the table, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not came onto the table, jumped onto the table. <laughs> PG. Um, yeah. Obviously, Strowman squashed Goldberg to take the belt back into um, every week on SmackDown. Um, yeah. Which, of course, was supposed to be Roman in there. And I suppose that's maybe a slight talking point that Roman obviously. After, after his treatment and stuff like that, yeah. um, took some time off, which I totally understand and respect. Yeah. Um, 
We could talk about, I mean, the Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler match was very underwhelming to say the Absolutely. least. Um, she'd lost a lot of the hype that she had for the year before Becky, which is a shame. Um, and also, hindsight being 2020, um, it was probably the right idea to drop it to Shayna there. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you obviously can't foresee that, but I, th- I think at the time we probably said it was time to drop the belt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you've had such a long run, I think it's nice to give it to somebody else and then, you know, you relight your own fire by chasing it again. I think yeah. that's something, um, uh, so we'll talk about um, what else happened in April, um, a bit of fallout from obviously the COVID and well, a little bit of panic somewhat. Um, in April there came a host of WWE releases, many of which seemed to be obviously that cost-saving measure, if you like. That's what it seemed mm-hmm. to be. The old furlough. The old furlough scheme. Um, some believe it was just maybe a trimming of the fat. I think there was a lot of people there who probably had been there longer than they should have. Um I'm hoping that, that you have got a list of names for me. Because, yeah, <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> um, but there, there's also a horrible time. It's a horrible time to release, you know, so many talent as well. There's no other places for them to go. I mean, I think AEW were the only place still working. Impact eventually would start doing some TV, um, and New Japan, I think, were doing some. But really, there wasn't anywhere for these guys to go and try and make some money elsewhere at that time. Um, some of the names of note: the Revival. Um, found home of course in AEW uh, Kurt Hawkins EC3 Luke Gallows Carol Anderson they've all turned up in uh, TNA of course they have Leo um, Rush I think his was maybe for different reasons other than you know simple Covid there's a lot of stuff going on there um, but I think Carol Anderson and Gallows they're probably the most surprising too considering they were part of that Boneyard match they were in that Wrestlemania main event if you will mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and had recently yeah. just signed long term deals with the company as well which I believe set uh, an action a bit of a fallout between AJ Styles and some back, back, uh, back and yeah. staff members yeah. Yeah. namely Paul Heyman actually. Paul Heyman yeah um, in the front of it which is quite surprising because I'm sure he never made that decision but <laughs> well, I, I believe the kind of a word around the campfire was oh Paul Heyman's not to be trusted Aye, where have you, where have you been, mate? <laughs> <laughs> the new one. Uh, have you not been following wrestling since '95? Okay, now some other names: Eric Young, he's Slater, Aiden English, uh, Kurt Angle, who was just sitting at home at the time, but was still under contract. Uh, he was, uh, he was finished then. Yeah, uh, Eric Rowan, the Colognes, Sarah Logan, Mike Bennett, and the Ear Canellis, or Mike Canellis if you want to go. <laughs> um, Zack Ryder, No Way Jose, um, Diona Perazzo, she was at NXT really. Kane Velasquez, Curtis Axel. Cassius Ono and Tainara Conte. Most of those names, I'd say it was probably coming. Um, or They probably had outstayed their welcome somewhat. I don't think they offered a lot to the business at the time. I think they were probably quite happy to be there. Um, I don't think any of those names in particular surprised me. No, like, see, unless you'd have mentioned them, I haven't noticed that any of those people have left WWE. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, Rusev. Rusev was the one I was about to say. He's the only one that I was probably... Not surprised about in terms of how mm-hmm. he's been treated, um, mm-hmm. but also a lot of potential there. Um, however, uh, he's on AEW right now and he's in the lower card spot and has not been booked any better than he has been in WWE, in my opinion. Um, well, there you go then. So that's he's, some, he's, some, he's someone I've kept tabs on a wee bit of thinking, I want to see what they can do with him. Um, he's been wearing Versace. Miro? Uh, Miro, yeah. He's Miro. been wearing Versace, Versace shirts. And, and he's done his best Eminem impression for the... yeah. He's, de- he's dressing like fucking Nico Bellic's cousin in GTA 4. Like, he's just throwing about with these <laughs> big, you know, jag- eh, joggy zone that cost him about fucking 40 grand. But look as if it's pre-mark, you know. But, Tremendous. Um, also some big backstage names. Jerry Briscoe, Mike Rotunda, Lance Storm, um, who had actually closed his wrestling school to become a producer for the company. I thought that's, that was a right. oh, um, that's right. Yeah. 
Fit Finlay, who I think has since back with the company. Yes. Um, a lot of these guys were followed at first, and then some of them would come back, some of them mm-hmm. haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, Scott Armstrong, and of course Mike Kyoda. He's turned up in uh, EW now as well. Um, which I think was probably one of the bigger surprises for me. He's been yeah. there for so long. Um, five years. I don't imagine a referee's on a, a, a wage as such that you have to get, you know, let him go. Um, obviously, we're talking about all those releases there, but this caused really bad PR because... Timing is everything in wrestling. Um, this company's still making millions from their TV deals, from from merchandise sales. Um, they're not having to book as many buildings anymore, so somewhat they're saving cash that way. Um, they're all in the one place, right? They still have to pay their workers, but um, and they're losing, they're missing out on a lot of profits you would get from house shows and events and, and crowds coming in in general. But not 24 hours after the McMahon's Super Park uh, comes commits 20 million dollars to the state of Florida, so they could be allowed to then continue making wrestling shows. Yeah, so they become were, uh, essential, essential workers, yeah, yeah or essential business. So they were classes that. So 24 hours, they, they make that 20 million um, uh, donation, and then 24 hours later, they cut all this talent. Um, how bad a PR disaster did that look for there to be at that time? Well, let me, put you, let me put it to you in a different light. <clears throat> so these names, obviously... Generate, sorry, don't generate, they, they take a lot of money out of the company. Would you not rather see these guys who have been making the millions and millions per year being the ones to be released rather than, um, fucking Susan and Karen and, yep. and, and Rachel that work in the, the, the offices doing secretarial jobs or the yep. cleaners or, you know what I mean, the guys that make the stuff run behind the scenes, the cameramen, X, Y, and Z. The big outrage, and I'm going to bring us back to the football as well. Obviously, being <laughs> being of the British Empire, we like that. <laughs> yeah. Remember when um, Arsenal decided that they were going to just cut about 300 employees? Yeah, because players wouldn't take wage cuts. Because cuts, the players, yeah, because the players wouldn't take the wage cuts. Who are making uh, you know hundreds of thousands a week? Yeah. So you could argue that WWE have done the responsible thing. Just just because the McMahons own it and the McMahons are rich and they're still making their money, that's right. They're business people. That's what they do. They're, the business people are always going to make their money. But they have taken into consideration their other staff as being mm. important and being essential. So, you know what? I'm in WWE side with this one. Yeah, I, I somewhat agree with that. I think, you know, um, you have to see it right. Did they have to let anyone go at all? Probably not. Um Probably not, but they always do major releases after Mania every year. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They cut, um, they cut the fat. Who's not? Who's not a a mainstay on this roster? And look at their names: fucking yeah. Eric Rowan, fucking No Way Jose. Like I said, the only real surprises there were Gallows and Anderson. The revival wanted out. They made that clear. Miro mm-hmm. wanted out at one point. Obviously, they made wanted out at one point as well. Yeah. Um, I think the only surprises were Gallows and Anderson for me. Yeah. Um. There are some good talent. EC3, I think, you know, massively underutilised at times. Um, <coughs> I still think he's a lazy bastard. <laughs> probably right. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's one of those things, I think it was probably blown out of proportion at the time. Yeah. Um, because people like one, to jump on the bandwagon, eh? Um, just bad-mouthing WWE and the McMahons. It's just, it's just cool to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think they made the right in doing so with the next argument we're going to bring up here. Um, it just happened a little bit later on this year, but we're going to talk about it here anyway. We're also talking about PR and WWE. Um, third-party deals. Um, hey, this is different. <laughs> and I'll tell you why this And I'll tell you why this is different. So, WWE obviously just want their finger in the pot. Mm-hmm. They want to know everything that their talent are doing. 
they want their talent to be making money from them and no one else because WWE can control the rights there. And WWE can continue making money off their name for years to come. Even when they move on, they can still make money, but they can't do it when Selena Vega's on on Twitch or Paige is streaming on Twitch. X, Y, and Z is doing cameo. Uh, all with a company because you're not getting a cut of that exactly or um, so WWE basically put a ban on third party deals working with his company Twitch um, OnlyFans I think was one of them as well because Luna Vega launched one of them just before <laughs> after, <laughs> after, after they really uh, pulled them um, technicality right you're not uh, <laughs> Twitch I'm going to make an OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> um, Paige was in there I think AJ Styles he had a Twitch as well um Quite a lot of money to be made off of that as well, mm. on the side. Yeah. A lot of the, those guys, obviously AJ Styles owns his own name anyway, um, but Zelina Vega was using, um, I think it was Tia Trinidad, or it was a different name, I think yeah, they were trying yeah, to yeah, using right. different yeah. names yeah. Um, on these platforms because it's not the WWE name, so it's a side project. In my eyes, it's very, very simple. If it's not already in your contract, they shouldn't be changing it. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd have to then re-sign that to say, mm. no, well, okay, fair enough, or no, I don't agree with that, don't, don't put that in my contract. Regardless, I think it's a good thing that your workers are putting themselves out there on a different platform, especially a platform like Twitch where people are in there watching people gain. They might not know who these people are, yep. and they're going to say, oh, what, they're a wrestler, and they might actually go and check them out and check their product out and support them in that, and therefore maybe buy their merchandise. So, you know, so you get a cut that way. Um, but it's also a way for them to make extra money on the side for themselves, you know, using a different name, not using another wee name, and, and getting their own name out there for themselves. I think it's absolutely wrong of them be to go in there and take that from them um, and just be so so heavy about it as well mm-hmm. it, it didn't seem like it was up for negotiation it didn't it's seem like there was yeah it just didn't seem that like they could say well you know we'll give you a certain percentage of it if you let us continue mm-hmm. to do it they were like no you need to shut it down they shouldn't um, need to though. they shouldn't need to do stuff like that no and the one person that I feel sorry for which I've not felt sorry for since her tapes came out but Paige um I mean, she's not. She can't work right now. She can't wrestle right now. Yeah. I'm not using her, so she's sitting at home. She's thinking, how can I pass the time? Well, I'm going to do this, and she's making, you know, a side living of it. She seemed to be quite enjoying it. She was very upset about having it close it down. Um, I, yeah. This is one of the things that actually wrangled me a wee bit. You know, it's one of those things that's like, as much as I, you know, historically I've loved WWE, it's one of those things I just can't agree with. It's, 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 it's a shame. It's a poor business decision. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think it was nice to sort of, you know, get get that. Or point across about that one as well. These are things we don't normally talk about an awful lot on the mm-hmm. regular podcast. Yeah. Um, so you talk about it, you know, going back through the year and you're thinking, Christ, those bastards. <laughs> yep. I think it ultimately comes down to, um, it's pretty much just, they're, they're in Vince's world. They're all just living in Vince's world and he's the boss. Um, I mean, it has been kind of spoken about and I think that's why Zelina Vegas got fired because she mentioned the unionisation of wrestlers. Which, yes. if, ha- if that happens, that's bad news for Vince. And that's just Pitching. fact. Um, they'll, they'll need to change their ways. I, th- I think it's, it'll be great news for wrestling, though. Um, it'll be great news for wrestling, but the amount of uh, money Vince will lose because mm-hmm. he'll have to start paying stuff like for um, like health insurance, um, just get rid of this full notion of being an independent contractor. That's not an independent contract, as you've been told what you can't do in your off time. That's yeah. just how that's legal. Just blows my mind. What is wrong with your country, Americans who listen? <laughs> yeah, that's a fun our podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on throughout the year. Um, yeah. The next cinematic spectacular was Money in the Bank. Um, mm. we, we did watch Money in the Bank as well. We did. Um, yes, the next day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck that. Stay up. Carry on. Uh, the, the Money in the Bank matches. 
both took place at the same time as Talents fought from the ground floor of Titan Towers, the Louise corporate building, of course, to the very top for the briefcases um, where both men's and women's were suspended in a ring at the top of the building. Um, and, and a goofy, uh, ludicrously put together match. Yeah. It created some of the most yeah. meme worthy moments. Yeah. Um, it, was it was quite silly. <laughs> it was quite silly, but yeah. it was good comedy silly. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just nonsense, it's, it's fucking quality stuff. They, they they gave us a, a totally different angle on the match, and you know, I say we had a food fight there with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. They brawled into Vince McMahon's office mm-hmm. uh, before you know they turned around and realised what they'd done, so they fixed the chairs and they leave again as if you know naughty school kids. I thought it was fantastic. Yep. Yep. We missed Hero getting all launched off the roof, which you loved. Pop, um, big time, <laughs> uh, big banter, Baza doing us the favours. Absolutely, um, and we also see Otis and Asuka they win their respective briefcases. Um, I don't really remember an awful lot from that show, with, uh, with the exception of that match, which I, th- I think must mean it done the job. You know, it's one of those things I've, I've it's installed my, in my memory because it was so different. Um, I think it did its job for me. <laughs> I, I think it did. If you, if you looked in the rest of the cards, you know what I mean. Bailey was facing Tamina. Like, that tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun versus Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend, and then Drew was against Rollins. <sighs> not great. The the Money in the Bank matches were the fucking that the absolute stars highlights, and I did like the fact that they were both simultaneous. Um, very interesting. Don't think you'd ever see that again. Um, yeah. Out obviously out with that kind of format. Um, I really really enjoyable. I thought um, I thought it was a good way to utilise the match and and, and the, within the circumstances as well. Yeah. Um, I think it did <clears> get some stick online and stuff like that, which of course it did. But of course um, we we made it we made it very public in the podcast that we actually quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was our cup of tea. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. Um, Otis kind of cemented these places the kind of biggest comedy guy on the roster. The stuff that he was doing. Yeah. Um, as Brian's doing his yes kicks, he's just going, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, fucking slap his belly and that, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, good stuff, good stuff indeed. Um, you know, speaking of, of of those two winners there, Asuka and Otis, um, up until this point, the Miz has taken the, the briefcase off of Otis, which we sort of somewhat predicted. We didn't see it would be the Miz, but we thought he'll probably drop the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think. I, I mean, yeah. It, as good he was, as good as he was at the time as a comedy guy, realistically he's never going to be a champion. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a comedy tag team guy with like a creepy neck beard gimmick. You know what yeah. I mean? Proper perving over Mandy Rose. Um, <laughs> you know, in in the long term booking, it's not for me. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad that Miz is in control of the case. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know, it's sort of a not, not to quote the Rock, but know your role. You know, <laughs> like yeah, he's, yeah, he's not he's not a world champion, no. but. Not. The role that he plays there is, is, is fine, you know. It's of course, absolutely it's fine. needed. It's yeah. needed. And as much as I like to see something different, that wouldn't have lasted. In terms of who was uh, in a title picture at the time, no. but uh, oh, it's watch watch at the time, you know. In terms of you know, a storyline with Mandy Rose obviously been, been the crowd mm-hmm. as well. There was hot. Yeah. Um, there was, well, there was a lot of support there for him. So I, yeah, I but there was. Him doing yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a good showing at the chamber as well. That tag yeah. team, the the. The fatal, so the fatal six way fucking hell. The six way <laughs> tag elimination match was fucking brutal, absolutely yeah. brutal. Some of the stuff he was doing, um, but yeah, it's the best thing. It's best for business. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, how good? Just to talk about Asuka there, and obviously she she would eventually. Um, we'll get we'll get to what what happens with her briefcase just shortly, but. How, 
ask you at this time through the COVID era in general, how good was she? She was so, the highlight of the show, wasn't she? So if you're a if you're a listener to this podcast since the start, um, for how many episodes we've done, you'll probably hear me mark out about how good Ask is. Probably in about ninety percent of them. Um, it isn't, we could be doing, we could be talking about fucking WCW pay per view for ninety five, and there will be a segment where I'm talking about how good Ask is because <laughs> you can't not talk about her. Just look at her, and I don't mean that as she's good. Like that's not what I mean. I, don't, I mean look at look at her character. Look at she's fucking radiates quality. She is what a professional wrestler should be. What she, you know, what I mean, just how she carries herself mm. in the ring. Um, her promos. I know she can speak English, and that's very kind of well documented that she can. But she doesn't um, for WWE, and that's yeah, fine. I, love that. I, love I understand. That. I understand what she says because yeah. her body language is so good. And I think that's somewhat maybe what affected Nakamura somewhat because you know he yeah. tried to be an American star. I know obviously you mm-hmm. know what I mean. No, he tried to come in and appeal to the crowd in that sense. Yeah. Um, Askers went the other way with it. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I think she's absolutely phenomenal. I think it's safe to say, as, as far as the WWE goes, I think she's probably the most successful Japanese wrestler, um, certainly in this in this century. But maybe maybe ever. Um, I mean, it's 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 a toss up between her and fucking Takamichi. No. Honorable mentions to Tajira. Nah, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's Asuka by a A lot of people have come in and had somewhat, you know, mediocre ones or decent ones yeah. and are memorable in some in their own way. But in terms of you know being a star, mm-hmm. Asuka's up there. Absolutely. To, to be able to say that she's better than probably ninety percent of the male roster. And never mind being better than the female roster because she's the, the best. She's the best wrestler, yeah. She's the, probably the best wrestler they've got. One yeah. of the best. Um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad that it, 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 it pops me that everybody's seen the talent she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tie. It's, it's not a tie. Bailey's a close second this year for MVP. I'd say maybe even Bailey would nick it just because that that's it's not a surprise with Asuka. Yeah, you know, I think I think yeah, Bailey's come yeah. on so much whereas Asuka's just been brilliant yeah. for so long that it's kind of like it's, it's like the, the the Javi syndrome to take it back to football. Like he's just been so good <laughs> for so long and just sort of he's just there all the time being brilliant and that's great. <laughs> but this guy's done really well this year. You know? <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, Asuka's so consistent in the middle of the park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she runs she runs the show in there. Um, and I would argue that Bailey's been putting a more prominent spotlight as well, which helps her a lot. Whereas yeah. Asuka's been down doing the stuff with like um, uh, she was doing a tag team stuff with Kyrie Sane and stuff like that. But she was still, you know, what I mean, one of the best things in the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, just just to, to round off there on the Miz, um, obviously he's been doing with John Morrison this year, and it's kind of been a little bit on the back burner as the years went on. He's been yeah. a constant, but it's not been a, a high point. Can, can or will the Miz win gold in that briefcase? Yes, he should. He deserves it. Um, again, in terms of like a wrestler who's come full circle and perfected what he does, if you remember 2010 when he had his first title run, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, wasn't quite there, was he? I mean, he was there or thereabouts, but he wasn't the consistent performer that he is just now. In terms of character work as well, fucking yeah. brilliant. I was talking about it before. I mean, when, when they redid the brand split and he went to SmackDown, that was probably the best time for him to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of, you know, being in form, if you like, you know, yeah. he, everything he did was great. His matches were good. They've the, always been good. He's not, yeah. I wouldn't say he's a top worker. No, of course not. But he's, always, he's, but he's more that WWE style in terms yes. of telling the story than yes. being a great wrestler. He's um, very safe. He's very Randy Orton-like. 
Aye, I agree with yeah, that. Um, yeah. pro, pro mobility and, you know, um, what, what I said about uh, Paul Heyman the other week, he could sell Snow and Eskimo, he's yeah, absolutely yeah. got that about him. Um, now, one of, the, one of the, the, the big moments, and probably one of the nicer moments um, of the year, the man becomes the ma. Um, Becky Lynch's rise to the top, that's been well documented, you know, from the plucky red-headed underdog, uh, to becoming perhaps the biggest female star in wrestling history. I, I, and I don't even wince or, or snigger when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think becoming the man was one of the biggest character-based home runs in recent WWE programming. Yeah. Um, and, and Becky was reaping all the, all the rewards um, into 2020, including, of course, main event in WrestleMania the year before with Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. Um, she won both titles on that night on the grandest stage of them all. Becky two belts, all of that malarkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did a pretty good year up, up until this point. Uh, but Asuka wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, but in fact, on the following Raw, she would reveal that inside the briefcase was the Raw Women's title. Um, Asuka celebrated phenomenally. <laughs> she, she had no idea it was going to happen. Yeah. She, she opened the briefcase, she got the title, she ran up the ramp, it was great. Um, and then Becky comes down and she says, well, you're going to be a champion and I'll have to go and be a mother. Um, so Becky Lynch was taking time off due to a condition she had called pregnancy. Um, and <laughs> since, since then, of course, she's had a healthy pregnancy and, and her and the Messiah, Seth Rollins. Uh, I've brought a beautiful baby into the world I, think, I believe they've named it Rue I'm not sure if that's a boy or a girl I've not looked into it enough <laughs> um, but I'm hopeful we'll see you know, the last kick of back on our screens in due course but um, just, it was a nice moment wasn't it and it was nice that somebody got to leave on a high rather yeah. than being injured and stuff yeah. like that the, 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 the part that I liked the most and I'm actually getting a wee bit tingly thinking about it now is see the the, the actual shock in the face of Asuka, like, obviously, mm. like, she had no... I, I assume she knew she was getting the belt, but she didn't know why she was getting the belt kind of thing. Like, it was yeah. a genuine kind of showing emotion between peers. Um, fucking good stuff. Phenomenal, um, yeah. The, 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 the title reign probably did come in, and it was, again, a wee bit stale at the end. I think that was just to do with running out of dance partners, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. You're only as good as the people that you can work with, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think she went through everybody, so it was time to, time to move on. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but of course, the, the big fact of all this uh, means that Seth Rollins has put out Finn Balor, Sting, and Becky Lynch from not being safe enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's put them all on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out, Seth. What do you like? <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, a nice wee moment there to, to sort of, you know, a lot of people will remember well. Just one of those nice, heartwarming moments that's yeah. quite rare and quite real as well at the time. Um, as yeah, I'm looking forward to when Becky does return, um, whenever that may be. So we'll, we'll speak briefly about this um, because I, I, I don't think it's fair to talk an awful lot about it when we don't have all our facts in front of us here. But the speaking out movement came into effect in June 2020. Um, this being a social movement um, where victims publicised allegations of sexual harassment and abuse, albeit physical, sexual, emotional, um, against people involved in the wrestling business. Um, Across the board, um, many people were accused from the independent scene, from obviously WWE, some from AEW. Um, and many talents have been, you know, exiled by various companies, and, and with everything, you know, COVID, we're yet to see if companies will stick to those actions because a lot of your independent companies, well, a lot of the accusations were more than more so than anywhere else, um, haven't obviously returned to, to to working yet without crowds, etc. Um, just a general for this, Stuart. Um, I think I think it's one of those things that really realised made me realise anyway that a lot of change has to happen in the wrestling business. 
we like to have a good laugh in this podcast, yeah. and we'll generally make fun of a lot of things that we probably shouldn't. This this isn't fucking funny at all. Mm-hmm. This is this is dreadful. Um, like this has pretty much decimated the the British wrestling scene, um, or what it was fucking after WWE raided it. Um, this is this isn't okay. This is proper fucking serious police action. Should be should be should be taken kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the BBC done this, that's the British Broadcasting Corporation's not a big block, you know. <laughs> um, they've done an informative piece on this, um, and that kind of shows you the importance of this. There's not many things wrestling related that go on at the BBC. <laughs> I, I recall, um, mind the rumble, where fucking everybody wanted Daniel Bryan and didn't come out. That made BBC news. Yeah. Um, Drew made the, uh, Drew winning the WWE title made BBC news. Mm-hmm. This this scandal uh, also made it. Uh, it actually also made it into the Houses of Parliament yeah. or Houses of Commons, whatever whatever one. So this is actually now caused um, independent wrestling in Britain to be regulated. Yeah. Uh, so there's now practices uh, put into place, um, law, and it's been put into law um, that male and female wrestlers need to have different changing rooms mm-hmm. and just a lot of other kind of. Uh, procedures put in place to keep wrestlers safe from fucking... And, and I'm sure more will come from that as well, yeah, and, yeah. and rightfully so. And I think we spoke also, we spoke about unionisation within these big companies. There has mm-hmm. to be something there for the small ones as well um, across yes. the board, because at the end of the day, this is a line of work, you know, and you know you wouldn't get that in many other companies or, or lines of work or business, um, and, and wrestling should be no different. Um, yeah. It's, it's 2020, I think we can bypass the full fucking boys will be boys mentality. Nah, you're a fucking rapist. It's, it's, it's certainly not a man's world anyway. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, I think that's, yeah. that's an old school thing, but mm. it was always the boys, you know. Um, it's, yeah. it's not the case nowadays in the wrestling business. There's no place for it anywhere. Um, and, and I'm, I'm I'm, I'm very glad that a lot of these these, these um, people who have been you know affected by this and, and victims in some sort yeah, have come yeah, out and stood together. Um, yeah, well, absolutely not. Start naming names of people that have been accused. Of course not. Every, no. Everybody knows who they are. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll also not name people not name people who have been accused um, because I don't think it, it, it's, it's right. not right. I think everybody should be you know tried and tested with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe you know there is a lot of stuff that's come out about it. I'm not happy with some companies the way they've handled it um, I think that some people have very much taken a back seat um, rather than actually try and get the right result for everybody um, maybe more so trying to protect their talent rather than protecting you know what, what actually getting to the truth yeah. um, they're more interested in their investments yeah uh, I, I, you know I, I absolutely disagree with that of course um, you know many of these cases have been quote unquote investigated internally mm. um, but we're required these, of course, should be investigated by authorities and, yeah. you know, so we can get the, the correct and fair result um, for, for everybody involved. I think that would be, you know, a great result. And I think mm-hmm. to make wrestling a safer place for everybody involved has to be the priority. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we all know, like, in terms of this kind of wrestling community, we're all kind of, you know, the online wrestling community, as we like to call ourselves. It's a pretty toxic place at the best mm-hmm. of times. Like, don't be informed you know what I mean look out that piece BBC done you know what I mean look for these uh, third party independent um, analysis in the situation don't listen to some arsehole and twitter spout his pish you know what I mean it's yeah. like you know it's just 
Do you? Going, going, you know, going read on uh, read yeah. these articles that have been produced. There's plenty out there. You know, yeah. Um, this this was you know picked up by major media outlets and stuff like that. The police mm. have been informed. I believe it was the Yorkshire Police that took on this That's, actual yeah. Yep. Um, investigation and stuff like that so um, I'm sure it's still ongoing I haven't heard much recently but it's one of those things that I think has to be addressed um, many of these people will be outed for it and I hope that the ones who have come out and admitted it can go and you know get themselves some, some help in some regard and educate themselves um, and I hope that, that everybody that's been involved <laughs> yeah. in it will turn out you know, better people for it yeah, um, it's, it's, it's 2020 there's, there's no excuse for fucking ignorance it's not funny, it's not cool it's just stupid. Absolutely. I'm glad we spoke about that as well, because as you say, we, 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 you know, just review episodes and talk wrestling and have a laugh, and that's what it's all about. But uh, I think I think it's nice for us to, to talk about something like that in terms of putting our own thoughts out there and, and showing that we support that, absolutely. Um, you know, the speaking out movement and stuff like that. Um, and the people that... that, that we, want, we all want wrestling to be in a better place. Um, yeah, of course. Absolutely. So... Let, let's move on a little bit and, and go back to, to why we're all here and it's it's the greatest wrestling match ever. Of course, everybody wants to hear our thoughts on that one shoot because what a rib. I mean, what a laugh when they advertised that one. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> the, the funniest thing was that they advertised back, uh, ah, sorry, they advertised backlash as the greatest wrestling match ever. Like, so it was on every poster. <laughs> every match had the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you call it. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> June of 2020, WWE began to advertise the greatest wrestling match ever, as Edge and Randy Orton would have their rematch from WrestleMania um, at the Backlash pay-per-view. As Orton would say in one of his hashtags when he was promoting the match, what a rib. Uh, however, and I will give them some their due, it wasn't as bad as I expected. Because of the high bill, I'm like, it's going to be a way down here. They did pretty well. Um, they did all right. So this was the first time we've sort of seen what we know now as the Thunderdome. There would be used sort of enhanced crowd noises. Uh, match was pre-recorded, so I allowed them to do a lot with it. Um, there were some nice touches too. Charles Robinson had the classic blue shirt with a bow tie affair. Um, and of course a tribute to the late Howard Finkel uh, with the old style MSG microphone that came down. And we heard his sort of introductions of both guys, uh, which I thought was a really nice touch at the time as well. Uh, this match went almost 45 minutes and they almost lived up to the bill. And I'm not sure anybody can live up to being the greatest match ever if you say that beforehand. Um, but I thought it was an absolute instant classic. It went about 40 minutes. Um, it, it really reminded me what a good main event match looks like. That, that's my take on it anyway. What was your take? So if we look past the marquee of the greatest wrestling match ever, because wrestling's subjective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sure this was someone's greatest match. I'm pretty sure 20 years from now someone will say, what's your favourite match of all time? And they will say, Edge versus Orton at Backlash 2020. I have no doubt about that. For me, you know my feeling on long matches. Mm-hmm. A match that goes, what is it, 44-45? Yeah. It needs to do a lot to keep me interested. Um, this didn't. Not saying that it was a bad match. It's just the clientele involved. Edge and his... Um, was it his second full match back? Yeah, and the other one was, you know, that Mania I had at Mania. So which was a like... disgrace. And abs- we didn't even talk about that no. in Mania. It was just horrible. The only minutes... thing I remember about that match was just the, the ending when they were on top of the, the, yeah. the truck. Because that's yeah. the only visual that I could remember. <laughs> the only thing, I, the, the, the high point for me was, oh, we're getting a nice wee tour of the performance centre here. And that was about <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so I spoke about Edge earlier on. Um, I think this is... Um, it's plain to see that there's a 
but people were saying, oh, he's back, he's in great shape. There's a huge difference between being quote-unquote in shape and being in ring shape. Uh, the difference is astronomical. I'm um, sure you'll admit that himself as well, uh, if yeah. I put that to him, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's an ab- beast, absolute beast. I don't think he's ever been as built as that. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he was banging the Roy's in 07, but that's a different thing. <laughs> um, I just think that... I, it, the wrong people... Yeah, the wrong people. And for that length of match, you know, you've got to be fucking as your styles and Shawn Michaels in there. You know, like, yes, yeah, like you need to be that level. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, I really enjoyed the match in general. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I could take twenty minutes out of that and still think I it was a good match. Exactly. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's plenty of filler in there. there um, give me Orton and AJ for that amount of time, and I will probably watch every minute. Of it. Yeah, because you get different elements. Yeah, Edge and Orton are very similar wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the same kind of a size. They do the same sort of moves. So they're very much that sports entertainment, you know, type of wrestlers, aren't they? Yeah, um, I mean, style I, and stuff. Yeah. Especially that only being Edge's, you know, third match back for Cook the Rumble. Uh, yeah, um, but you're but not going to see him jump off ladders and stuff like that. No, and, you know that first match was in January, and then mm-hmm. mainly a match happened. What happened in March and aired in April, and we're in June here. So you're talking six months, you know, so you're, you're yeah. three months between each match. Um, mm-hmm. Not terrific. Edge, of course, tore his bicep in this match. Obviously, he's talking about the injury earlier as well. Um, he's not been back since. Um, I'm sure he'll be back in time for, for Mania next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, uh, it's just one of those things where I think you've been out that long as well. Your body's just not going to be used to that. You don't well, have that muscle memory anymore. Exactly. Well, if you, if you look at, um, remember when they'd done fucking Twice in a Lifetime, Cena and The Rock? Yeah. Um, the Rock versus Cena at. 29, whatever it was it was the second match where Cena won <clears throat> 30 seconds into the match Rock fucking what was it he fucking ripped his abdomen off yeah. his bone because like, ah, he's only got like three and a half abs now or something yeah ah, like, look at the size the, the guy's a beast look at the shape yeah. he's in but he's not in ring shape no <laughs> you know I mean? you're doing stuff in the ring you never do in the gym yeah, exactly. you know um, it's not, yeah so just to, to, to round that off, obviously we've spoken about Orton there. Um, Randy Orton's twenty twenty as a whole has been phenomenal. I think um, yes, he has done wonders. The the Edge feud on TV was probably one of the highlights of the year, mm-hmm. um, especially those first sort of few months. Um, beating Drew McIntyre for the title, of course, he's, he's dropped it back to him. And of course, battling legends every week, which has been an absolute highlight. Um, I think he's ending the year off with a feud with the Fiend, which I haven't been paying attention to. But just in terms of his character work. You can tell there's a, a, a newfound motivation there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's heel stuff's always better than his face stuff. I mean, that's just fact. Yeah. Um, but what he's been doing this year has been incredible. Um, I, I think Edge coming back really like a fire in him. Um, he wanted to give Edge something special. He wanted to be on his game yeah. for Edge. Yeah. Um, and however he found that motivation, I'm glad he did because I think so, as his character work was brilliant. I thought his feud with Drew was phenomenal. Maybe it died on a wee bit, but mm-hmm. in terms of the actual storytelling and just the the way he presents himself as a character yeah, has been phenomenal yeah. this year. Um, gives, we, know how, we know how good he is, but yeah, it's just oh, getting that I mean, all the time, you know. One of the best ever. I mean, it might be it might be quite boring in the ring, but <clears throat> he's quite consistent. Um, yeah. And he could he looks like he's going off five years. Oh, he's in terrific shape. Um, um, so. And I, I, controversially, I think he could be the man that takes Flo's record. Yeah, it could be. He's only ah, in terms of what he's got left in him, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he was the youngest ever champion, wasn't he? That's correct. Because they wanted to put it on him because Brock left. Uh, but 
That's so, petty as fucking it. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Hoover Street Man, obviously. So, in July, we had another WWE pay-per-view, um, the horror show at Extreme Rules. It was dubbed. Um, that's the actual full name of the show. Um, that we got that's to see. review of it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so the show gave us some good matches. Uh, we've got Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, they put on a great title match. An interesting stipulation. I think we reviewed this one as well, but uh, it was no DQ for Dolph only. He got the big yes. stipulation. Really enjoyed yeah, that. Perfect heel work for that. Yeah, loved that. Um, it's actually Banks and Asker put on a 20-minute barnstormer, um, one of their many matches they've had mm. throughout that year. Um, and Cesaro Nakamura would win the SmackDown tie belts from the New Day. Um, so there were some positives, but this show was famous for two matches. Um, of course, we're talking about the Swamp Fight match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, mm. and the Eye for an Eye match between Rollins and Rey Mysterio, where one person wins after he retracts the eye of another. Um, first and foremost, these two matches... They don't happen if there's fans in the building. Let's just put that straight. Um, there'd be there'd be total rejection for that. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, like <laughs> killing a company kind of match. Like this is proper like WCW vibes. Yeah, like, the crowd would be booing the fuck out of this. If you'd gotten back on board at WrestleMania after Drew won the title and you got mm. that Boneyard match and there was some good stuff there, we were up in Charlotte had a point at WrestleMania as well. You would if you got this far, you'd be like, "Ah, fuck this, I'm out." There's no way, yeah. you know. Um, those two matches are just so soul destroying. <laughs> yeah. Um, the swamp fight match first, probably the worst cinematic match that they've done oh, at this point, anyway. By far, by far. Um, this, this, um, I had very, very little interest in the fiend this year. This kill anything, you know. This to me great. felt like, you know. Like I'd been watching a movie. It, went, it felt like it went on that long. It was 18 minutes, but it felt like Longer. an hour. Yeah. It was a drag, and you couldn't really work out what was happening half the time. Um, eye for an eye. The match itself, when we said this on the review episode, mm-hmm. if you take away the shite, yeah. it's decent. You take away the oh, gimmicks, it's good. Y- y- yeah, um, if you take away the finish, perfect. Good mm-hmm. match. Good solid match with Mysterio and Rollins. We, we, we watched this together and we sat down and we were like as soon as it started we were like I'm just, I just can't wait to see how they're going to finish this yeah. you know you're just sitting there waiting for something ridiculous to happen you're like I can't wait to see what happens at the end of this because it's going to be it's going to be ridiculous it's going to um, be ridiculous. he's not going to like, come on like you need to suspend your disbelief when we wrestling sometimes but he's not going to pull his fucking eye out no <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm <coughs> for the ride if it's, but this, that was just sort of like how the fuck are they going to get by this? Mm. You know, like, it's, just, it's just so ridiculous. Yep, putting themselves in a corner by that one. Yeah. Like, I would even love if they just brought back a fucking... You know, because there's no crowd there, you could bring back a first blood and you could just, you know, have the guy, you know, capture his head and make it look good for the camera. Or bring you them, know. give them the old fucking TNA towel with the blood already in it. Yeah, <laughs> just do fucking, you know... Mm-hmm. Even that would have been great with that match, with that with, with a change with the change of finish and you changed the stipulation, yeah. it would have been great. Um, but uh, that was the horror show, it was Extreme Rules. Um, uh, for me, it just killed the Extreme Rules. I mean, for me, oh. I don't like seeing pay-per-views anyway, but in terms of having Extreme Rules as a pay-per-view anymore, I'd be looking at changing that ASAP, but just dragged it down. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Nah, it was pretty bad. Um... SummerSlam 2020. Um, SummerSlam was actually a decent show. Um, yep, yep. 
it was it was one of those ones where very little shit actually happened, you know, in terms it was just a solid show. Um a few highlights, of course, Asuka pulling double duty. Um the start as always champions, of course. Um Dominic Mysterio made his in ring debut in a match against Seth Rollins. <sighs> Young um, Dominic proving that he can fucking work. Oh he's a chip off the old block, man. <laughs> uh, is he fuck? <laughs> he's actually uh, and surprisingly he's become one of the better performers of the year. Some of the stuff he's been doing in Raw has been ridiculous, man. See the bumps he's been taking He's paying his dues, I tell you that. Good lad. Yeah. And I'm glad he's not just a part of the Mysterio. You know, the that, that was my that, worry as well. I yeah. think he has to go down a different route. And I hope that actually if he continues to go down this path that he's on, I hope that he you know, becomes maybe more of a heel character. Maybe because yeah. he's, you know, I'm a Mysterio, you know, my uncle Eddie, blah, blah, blah. You know, bring that into it a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm normally against bringing, you know, people that are no longer with us and the thing means but if you're using Eddie's name you can say yeah. you know I'm Latino sweet I don't know <laughs> just, yeah I'm, be- I'm, I'm, be- I'm better than he- what he ever was yeah like genetically I'm that you know I oh, know exactly you can see it happening I think that's like, a good way for him to go in the future obviously once he's a little bit, little bit less green mm-hmm. and uh, you know he gets more of a feel for the business I know obviously the boy could work he's got the potential there yeah. um, but it just takes a lot of time to get to that level and of course um the big dog with a new set of Nashers returns um, lays out <laughs> Braun Strowman and The Fiend in the main event setting up the match at the next pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> just memories of the show in general if you've got any and, and in that moment in particular uh, the big dog making his return. I just remember the teeth to be honest with you. It was <laughs> <Keller> impression. As soon as I saw him come out I'm, like, I'm not going to look up the, the odds for the Grand National this year see if he's on there. Um, <laughs> it was very it was very 238 though but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of those good cards for me. Um, it was solid. It was solid, yeah. So, moving on uh, to the... I mean, the following week they had a pay-per-view as well, which was a bit ridiculous. So, the, they did that on... August it was within, like, a week. It was, it was the following Sunday. It was the following yeah. Sunday. Um, but they had Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman in a triple threat match. And, of course, Roman Reigns would take the title there. Um, I didn't watch that show in particular, but the fact that Roman was the title was, was enough for me to say, ah, fair enough, you know. <laughs> um, Keith Lee had also made his, uh, um, his rise to the main roster at this point as well. Matt Riddle was over on SmackDown, so some of these NXT guys had come up as well. Um, just a little thought on them for, for, for next year, Stuart. Do you think they can really flourish? <coughs> but the guys from NXT? Riddle and Lee, particularly. Well, apparently, on the main well, apparently Keith Lee's been sent back down. I heard about this, yeah. yeah. like the big, the, quote-unquote, the big lads. Yeah. Um... I don't know what that's all about. I did see a slight debate on that, and I don't know if it's maybe Vince just saying, well, they need to learn to work with big guys. That's probably more than likely. I don't think he's looking at Keith Lee and saying he can't work. Mm -hmm. Um, He'd be stupid to think that. Um, But, you know, he's he's getting getting on a bit. uh, Big Vinny, he never never knows what's going on in his head. He's looking bad, isn't he? Oh, I did it at the Survivor Series, didn't he? He didn't look great. Survivor Series, yeah. so I think we should talk about some of the MVPs for the year so far. Um, just before, you know, obviously. <laughs> Spoilers. We started watching wrestling at SummerSlam. Yeah, we kind of tuned out at SummerSlam. But we'll, we'll talk about um, sort of what, who's who's really shown since and who's sort of been the, the big the big dogs, <laughs> so uh, to speak. The big, the big dog. Uh, uh, first of the table. Roman Reigns, I had a head of the table, if you like, mm. becoming turning heel, aligning himself with Paul Heyman, becoming the tribal chief, uh, bringing his real life sort of Simone background, part of that Simone dynasty, the Anawahi family, um, and having a whopper feud with, with, with Uso, of course, um, which is sort of somewhat ongoing. But just how good has Roman been since he's come back? 
I think it's a testament to how good Roman Reigns is that he can pull such good quality out of fucking Jey Uso. Like, yeah. what? What even is that? Nah, good stuff. He's um, you know what? It makes you think they should have pulled the trigger on the heel turn ages ago. Like, who'd have thought he had this in him? Fucking brilliant stuff. It's amazing. Um, but he's he's his look is heel. You know, what I mean, he's got the fucking he's got the dark hair, the dark eyes, the dark skin ish. Mm-hmm. He's just, he just looks like a table heel. tattoos. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. You know, the thing is, well, he's a big jack dude, so you're looking at him mm-hmm. thinking, what a prick, he's got all this guy. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I, there's just that common hatred um, that you, you should have when you look at him, and he's got that smug look, he's got a champion, he's holding it up high, he's got Paul Heyman, you know, running about after him like a lapdog, and you think, he's a prick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's got that about him. But I think, I think obviously the complaint has been, it's that old Cena thing, but it's like, oh, turn him heel, turn him heel, turn him heel. But, I think also just because he's been the same character since he debuted back in 2013. You know, he, he, he's been that same guy mm-hmm. since The Shield. He's 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 not changed. You know, he's, yeah. he's had the same look, he's the same music, he's just yeah. been very yeah. much the same Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that, that just that changing it up, and it's such a simple change, but my, he's just shown how fucking good he is. Mm-hmm. Um it's remarkable what a heel turn can do for somebody. Um, well, eight, that's eight years he's been in the main roster now, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. Crazy, isn't it? That just so would that, would that have been Survivor Series 2012 then? 12, yeah. The punk match, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but, ah, phenomenal. Um, I'll maybe speak about this at the end of the show, but there has been talk of a dream match with The Rock, obviously due to the direction of the character it's taken. Can it happen? There's, there's <coughs> that, that, that writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, the the full kind of head of the tribe, obviously Roman and kayfabe saying that in a wrestling world, but whereas The Rock is actually the fucking richest actor in the world, yeah. who is actually the head of the tribe kind of thing, and, and cut from the same cloth somewhat. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah. Um, obviously we can't talk about MVPs without talking actual MVP in the hot business. Um, I don't know how much of them you've seen this year yourself, sure, but we did pay attention to the early, early, early sort of. At the start of this group, um, they're, I say their impact's not been massive, but they have had success, uh, become a top asset on TV, um, particularly the Raw brand, of course. Bobby Lashley, US champion right now. Um, I just think they're a really cool group to have around. I think they're, you know, this sort of new, vibrant team that you kind of mm. think, oh, I'm quite interested in that. I want to see more of these guys. I, I, I think they give off the kind of aura of your kind of power hungry mafia style stable, you know, like. Um, it's a watered-down version of the main event mafia for TNA, you know, circa yeah. 07, 08, that, 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 that kind of look. You know, I mean, they're all in the suits, they all just look the business, they look fucking... Maybe you're going to be about evolution in them as well, just just mm-hmm. with the look. Um, my issue with them is that I can't see any lad in the group getting higher than the mid-card belts. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see Lashley as a, cha- a world champion, nor MVP, or obviously Shelton won't be either. Yeah. Um, yeah like... A four-person stable needs to, at some point, hold all the belts. It just yeah. it has to work. That's I, I was quite surprised um, that they never had Ricochet come in there. Um, yeah. I understand he's Shelton being there for the experience. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, he, I think he's, he's so faced that it's, it's become really bland at a point, you know. I think maybe giving him that chance to go off and try and be a heel, see if it maybe work. It might not, but I think he might take that risk. I don't um, think it will, because his moveset is just so baby-faced. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't trans- that, transform that into a heel. It'd be very, very difficult. Yeah. The, the one yeah. thing I'd love to see is, is, is maybe Keith Lee joining the fray. 
Yeah, um, yeah. You know, going into maybe the middle of this year coming up. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think they're playing fit for that. And you're saying they're a possible world champion. Yeah, that could be a man. That's that's the perfect kind of a kick someone out, bring someone else in. That has to mm-hmm. be. I mean, how cool would they all look with the gold? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the kind of current climate in the world, uh, putting over an African American stable ain't no bad thing. Uh, no, tremendous. Yeah, uh, they could do a lot. They could do themselves a lot of good. Yeah, I mean, I think if they rebuild, the way they've been building Lashley recently, um, you could, I think you could see him up there. Um, you well, know, as long as he's not bending over and presenting his arsehole to people, you know what I mean? No, but I, I know what you mean, no, I think they've maybe tarnished him a wee bit, but I think the way they've been building him <laughs> recently, he's just a big fucker that just is destroying yeah. people. And that's what he should always have been. Um, you know, especially with his MMA background and stuff like that mm-hmm. now as well. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that he was doing in TNA. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've, I've always cried out for him, him and Lesnar since he came back, but yeah. I, I don't think it'd be maybe as good as I would hope it would be, um, but I think if, if he could get to the right... I think you put him in there with Lesnar, you, you, you're heightening the stock a bit. Um, but that's just my opinion on him. Drew McIntyre, of course, you can't say much else. He's you know, had that. We spoke about him at the start of the show. He's had this sort of breakout year, um, without a shadow of, of a doubt. He's a top baby face in the company right now. Um, yep. I, I think it's been a pleasure watching his feud. I like his feud with Lashley. His feud with Dolph is okay. Um, I think the way he sort of went about his business, it's just been, it's been very serious. You know, it's, there's been no fucking about. It's just been like, yeah, I'm the champion. Who's next? Right, take him on, take him out, and and that's been the way it's been. Move on, um, yeah. What does 2021 bring for Drew? Well, I'd just like to say that, obviously, as good as a run as he had, it's a shame that he's had that good run with no fans to see it. I think the feeling would have been a lot different if he had, had like, an insane reaction winning the belt at Mania. Like, yeah. Which he would have done. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, he's done all right, considering the talent he's had to work with, obviously. You, you mentioned some um, lessons there on the ends in there, you know, the Dolphins, kind of the usual guys. He's played at one point as well. Yeah, I think fucking he him and big show, man. That, that, that kind of thing, yeah. so... Um, I think the future's bright for him. And I hope yeah, it's. absolutely. I hope so. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes this year and what direction it goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Rollins, I've spoken a wee bit about him earlier, but I think it's safe to say he didn't exactly start the year very well. Um, there was a lot of pushback, obviously, due to the Fiend Hell in a Cell thing. He eventually turned heel. He embraced the hate to the wee bit, turning from the King Slayer, which I hated, um, mm-hmm. into the Monday Night Messiah. Which uh, I hate. <laughs> yeah, uh, with his disabled buddy Murphy in there. Uh, they've been a constant on WTV every single week. I think they've been consistently good um, in terms of what they've been given us. I think they've had a storyline story with the Mysterio family for the best part of fucking six months. Um, That's not still ongoing, is it? Oh, yeah, because they've brought in uh, Alia, who's Rey Mysterio's daughter. Yeah, uh, and he's been with Buddy Murphy. Yeah. I think he's since turned on uh, Seth. Seth. I think yeah. Seth's away now on a bit of paternity leave and stuff like that. Of I course, that soon, yeah. But, mm. um I know, I know you're not the biggest fan of the gimmick. Um, we've spoken about it on the show before as well. I think it's you, you probably think it's maybe a bit too gimmicky or not yeah, gimmicky enough. It's, um, <laughs> I don't like the gimmick because it's just trying to emulate Punk's Straight Edge Society, which was gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was brilliant. Um, I just don't think they fully bought into the gimmick themselves. It just seems very kind of there or thereabouts. I mean, actually, they feel they've went halfway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly for it. Yes. Yeah. No, you, you have to sort of outline entirely. And I think you have to look at similar gimmicks and say, right, we don't want to do that. You know, we need to go down mm-hmm. this route. We need to go in the middle somewhere here. So we're, no, we're not doing Punk Street Edge, but we're not doing fucking Ministry of Darkness. You know, we need to. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. somewhere in the middle, somewhere you know. Yeah. Um, somewhere that suits them as well. But uh, I think it's still a pretty decent year. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next year with them. But I think over the last few years, Seth Rollins has really proven 
he's a reliable talent in WWE. Oh, 100 You know, can rely on him whenever they need him. Uh, I think, you know, if they have maybe like an injury call or something like that, he's going to be the top guy, no chance he's, he's there, you know. He's, I think he's a very, I think he's a modern day Michaels, you know what I mean? He's just, he's so consistent, man. He's amazing in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, probably at the same level as Michaels on the mic. Um, Nah, nah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, yeah. Decent. Um, decent. So, uh, we've spoken about Orton, Edge, Asuka, you know, Asuka, Asuka's on the show. Yep. Yep. So, Sasha Banks and Bailey, as, as people who have not exactly spoken about an awful lot, um, they've had an outstanding year. Just yes, outstanding. Yeah. Um, from best friends to bitter enemies, you know, they've not only been the most entertaining act week in, week out, um, they've been absolute workhorses, you know, especially during that sort of early COVID era. Uh, they had the women's titles, both women's titles at one point, along with the tag titles. They were on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, taking on all comers. Um, but of course, it's led up to their implosion. Bailey laid out the boss um, and reignited a new chapter in the long-founded history since back in NXT. Uh, and if you'd be culminating inside Hell in a Cell in October, Sasha Banks winning the SmackDown Women's title from Bailey, capping a 380-day reign for the Moe Roddle. The Moe Roddle? The Roe Moe Roddle. I keep that in, of course. Uh, a phenomenal year for those two. Obviously, they've really stepped up to the spotlight. I mean, WWE need stars. They need people to, to, you know, to entertain, and, and they absolutely did that. Um, just, just thoughts on the year for those two. Uh, best storyline the WWE have done in years. Um, and I'll say that without winching, that is just a fact. Um, they've been teasing this breakup now for about four or five years, it seems. like They've been on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, and who would have thought that a heel Bailey would be the star on the top of the tree? Yeah. Like, would you first turn to you, you're like, nope, it's not going to work. It's just going to fall on its arse. She's two-faced. She's just too likeable, too bubbly, never going to work. And well, here we are, fucking eating our words, Fucking great heel stuff she does. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I, I think she's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, take, take nothing away from Sasha Banks. Um, yeah, so the, the, the Sasha Banks thing, like, I'm never going to think that her boss character is a face character because it's not, it's a heel it's character. Not, no, it's a totally but, but she she wouldn't have done half as well as what Bella has done as the full fledged heel in the game. Yeah. So, um, basing on the, the kind of Bailey and Sasha story has now came to an end. Give me Bailey versus Asuka at Mania for both belts because they both deserve to be in that spot. They've both been the respectively top two stars in the company. Just give me that match and take my money. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I think the best thing about that as well is it's been a, a natural rise. You know, there's been nothing forced about it. It's been a natural, wow, these two are entertaining as hell, you know, um, and, and they're up with all the belts. Um, I, I, I loved the, the year they've had. Uh, the match at Hell in a Cell was absolutely fucking phenomenal, to be honest with you. I think it's the best women's Hell in a Cell match we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the year sort of closes us out, um, Survivor Series has passed us by. Not too many points of note, but we did have a great main event between yeah, Matt and Roman Reigns. With um, a very... Um, Stale Clash of Champions pay per view in September as well, which is bollocks. Um, Asuka did do double duty on that again. Um, <laughs> against Selena <laughs> Vegas and defeating Bailey by submission. But that was only a three minute match. That was just a wee taster. Just mm-hmm. a wee taster for me, yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the pay per view was pish, I mean. Yeah, I, looking at some other names there, Sammy Zane's had a pretty good year. Um, in terms of coming back, and I like his character. There's nobody like him anymore in the business. Um, just these whiny, whiny bastards. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's rocking the Che Guevara look, which I can dig. Um, yeah. 
Uh, AJ Styles. Consistent, just constantly still the best wrestler in the world. Well, in terms of his big bodyguard, big, is it Osmo or something? He was doing the, the, he was bouncing on the door of Raw Underground. Uh, he was also, um, Akira Tazawa's giant ninja. Oh, well. right, okay. He had that big fucking ninja guy he's floating about yeah, his feet. He's, yeah. he's had about five rolls this year alone. Yeah, um, that's the utility. He's a nice <laughs> uh, Great big lad. But uh, we'll see how he, how he does as the year goes on. I'm sure he's done the performance center with Keith Lee and Otis yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we'll have TLC just around the corner. I think it's um, at the time of recording just coming up this weekend, actually. Um, so uh, as the year closes out, I think it'd be... be Wrong of us not to touch on maybe people who are no longer going to see, not going to see into 2021, the people who have lost in the wrestling business this year. Um, and there has been some big names and, so, and some people who have left their impact on the business, I think it's safe to say. Um, so this year we've lost um, legendary ring announcer um, Howard Finkel, which we spoke about earlier on in the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, young Japanese wrestler Hannah Kimura, territory legend of Bullet Bob Armstrong, of course a member of the Armstrong family as well. Um, We've had Scott Armstrong, uh, Road Dogs in there, you know, big wrestling family. Um, mm-hmm. The polarising Kamala. Um, do you have much memories of Kamala shoot? Was that your era a wee bit before you? Nah, <laughs> not at all, man. I remember him <laughs> slightly fairly. Nah, that was a bit. Um, the two men who made history in tag team wrestling in their own right, the Road Warrior Animal, of course, which was a real shock, actually. Um, and, of course, Soul Man, Rocky Johnson, the father of Dwayne Johnson. Oh, uh, genetics, man. See, when you see the picture of him, you're like, fucking hell, no one of the rocks that size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we also lost uh, Shad Gaspard, uh, tried to actually mm-hmm. son early in the year. That was horrible. Um, that was horrible to hear about. And, of course, recently, the amazing Pat Patterson, um, as, many, as well as many others, of course. Uh, I think it's always sad, but it's always best to reflect on those positive moments that they've of given course. you the memories. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pat Patterson, you know, I've never heard a bad story about the guy, you know. Um, There's just so much in there. When, you, when he went, I went, oh, that's a, that's a shame, you know. He's yeah. been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he created the concept for a Rumble match. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the greatest finish man in the business, as they like I, to call him. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's some there that, you know, I'm sure will be so, solely, solely missed in the business. Um, yeah, a, a very tasteful memorial package for Pat as well, I thought. You know, I mean, I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that one's probably hit Vince harder than any other. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also like that they brought back Briscoe um, mm-hmm. for the kind of on-stage memorial kind of thing. Um, don't know about the mutton chops though, Gerard. Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah, I've seen Gave that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, we kind of spoke about this in the old kind of speaking out movement, but the, the Hannah Kimura death, obviously um, suicide, mm-hmm. which was brought on by the kind of ongoing issue of online bullying just fucking it's those kind of really sickening cunts behind their keyboards you know what I mean it's the keyboard warriors with their yeah. fucking you know what I mean with their neck beards and their moths feeding them pizza rolls for a fucking <laughs> distance and a stick you know what I mean just you know what I mean why where's the, what, what does that do for you like, I, I think I think you have to be very sick minded um, of an individual you have to be very sad to sit there and take pride in happiness yeah, bringing other people down, and I think wrestlers in general have a very thick skin, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of wrestlers do not mind when people criticise perhaps their work, their matches. Of course, yeah. But when it becomes personal, yes, it's it's there's no place for that anywhere. You wouldn't say it to their face, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think too many people nowadays 
have never taken a punch to the face or something <laughs> to say to somebody. Yeah. They're quite yeah. happy to sit yeah. there behind a keyboard and, and mm-hmm. you know, tear people down. And it, and it kills me. You know, this, this, yeah, the, the, the Lana thing as well. Yeah. You see that in her chronicle. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, you know, these people are human beings at the end of the day, you know, and we can come on here and we can have a laugh and we can talk about, you know, the wrestling matches and booking and it's, oh, that match was rotten, I didn't like that or whatever. But we don't go to the measures that, you know, a lot of people do and then just tearing people down for the yeah. sake of it. Uh, it's because sensible, educated people that can draw the line between the character and the real person. It's yeah. not fucking hard. You know what I mean? You know, it's just the kind of typical typical clientele of people that just it just comes down to not being brought up correctly to respect anyone and, you know, especially women, you know what I mean? Just Yeah. It's, mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's incredibly sad. Yeah. sad that these people never ever get what's coming to them. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. But hopefully some of them will. Um, also, the, the Shad Gaspard one as well. That was a, a, a real sore one to read about. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of courage from him. Um, yeah, yeah. So, see, so his son was drowning and yeah. he jumped in to save his son. Well, no, I, be- I believe they were both caught in a riptide. Riptide, um, sorry. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And obviously the lifeguards came out to get people out of the water and he sort of managed to hand his son up to the lifeguard. Right, okay. And at that point he got dragged away and obviously... Um, lost, <coughs> lost at sea. Yeah, yeah, which is a, a you know, I mean, horrible thing to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that that that. If you're honest, I did. I liked seeing the the kind of reaction of the mm-hmm. wrestling world. That was really that was really nice. To see. Yeah, there was an outpouring of love there. Yeah, and, um, I loved. I thought one of the nicest things about that whole thing was John Cena um, donated to the the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. So I think they had like a name. Back in the day, so you remember that you ever remember the raw where the the Supreme Time and John Cena spray painted JBL's right. um, limousine? Yeah. I think they'd written like RTC on the site. It was something mm-hmm. like there was like three initials, and he sent like so many thousands into this GoFundMe with just that hashtag like the RTC or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's Cena, that's phenomenal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a nice wee sort of thing there about that. But I think the outpouring of love that came out, but that just shows how nice a guy he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, Bruce Moss is a good one there. Um, Definitely, yeah. So let's wrap up the episode on a high note. Let's, you know, finish off a wee bit of, maybe a wee bit of fantasy booking or what we want to see next year. So I'd like to ask you, I've I've said three here, but if you've got more than that, you fire away. But what what would you love to see next year? You know, they could be ridiculous, serious, absolutely outlandish, you know. Um, So we'll go with the, my, my first thought is obviously I want fans back in attendance. Um, it, it gives us the lift that we need in the arenas when we're watching it because right now at this current time I have no desire to watch this because there's just no crowd crowds yeah. make the shows and that's just how it is um, and the ratings have been plummeting and stuff like that as well which is like, evident you know I'm, I'm, I'm not one that cares about ratings like everybody else seems to just now like I cringe when I see every fucking week the arseholes um, what's his name fucking Alvarez so, Aye, Melsa's lap dog. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the ratings were this. Who gives a fuck? 18 to 49 demo on that. Oh, I hate that so <laughs> much. Just, I will judge a wrestling show on the quality, mm. not how many people... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that in terms of that. But I think I think in terms of how many people have actually been watching recently, yeah. it's shown that the lack of crowds has really hurt law uh, and, and SmackDown in general. Yeah, um, is, but you have to remember, people consume content in other means now, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's not just live TV. Uh, regardless, um, mm. number two, it's something we've touched on already. I'd like to see The Miz with a title run. Um, yeah. 
that isn't overshadowed by the rocker John Cena. Um, <laughs> obviously, he's kind of last one was Martin, that kind of nonsense. Um, <laughs> bring back Alex Riley. Um, <laughs> and as I already mentioned earlier, my main dream match this year is Asuka Bailey for both belts. Um, best two workers in the company colliding. Um, perfect. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to also like to add a side note that I forgot to mention in the, um, the section of released wrestlers. Um, WWE should have done more to keep Kyrie san um, Yeah, she was released later on, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah her she, contract expired. Yeah, she, her contract expires, but she chose to go back to Japan. Um, yeah. I feel that they should have done more to keep her. Yeah, um, of course we, we don't know exactly how much, but I'm pretty sure they could have done more to. to yeah. her. I'm pretty sure she would have stuck around. Um, I think there wasn't a, a want for her to go back there. Um, mm-hmm. which which fair enough if that's the case, yeah. you know. Um, but no, I, I do agree with that. She's a phenomenal talent. Um. Uh, for, for me, uh, serious one first, I would absolutely love unionisation um, implemented across the wrestling industry. Obviously, we've, we've spoken about that one. Oh, uh, safer, fairer workplace for everybody involved um, and protect the talent that, that are out there and, and putting their bodies on the line, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. Um, I would like to see Edge win a world title um, and go out on his own in, next year. I think that's probably where it's maybe going to go. I, th- I thought that when, obviously, Orton had taken the belt. He was going to take it to Mania, but it sort of came back to Drew. I thought, oh, we'll see. Um, I, I do think that would be a nice moment. That's just maybe just for a bit of nostalgia for me, but you yeah. know, I'm, a, I'm an Edge fan. Um, yeah. I like um, your, your justification made me laugh there. Um, he went out in his own terms the first time. <laughs> he <laughs> the belt back. <laughs> well, he didn't, didn't at all, obviously, the neck injuries. No, of yeah, not. yeah. I'd like to see him. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see him get a title run again. Ah, just to, just to sort of picking up where you left off, sort of thing, yeah. to, to close yeah. that book. Um, and I would love to see Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Um, oh. That's yeah. I mean, you know, my huge Rock mark, you know. Um, but but to see Roman and The Rock, I think that would be that's a money money yeah, match. Yeah, um, if that's not the main event, I mean, I'll be surprised. Yeah, oh, it's a it's a it's a money money match. Um, I, I'm, I'd be very surprised to see The Rock. Not that back. I know he's a very busy schedule, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he would love to do that. He, um, he's putting over one of his own, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, so we'll see it mainly for Goldberg versus Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he somewhat spoke about possibly retiring already. He said if he's done now, but I think yeah. he would want to have that final match if that's going to be it. I, I would. I would think so. Um, he's certainly in shape for it, but <laughs> as long as he puts over Roman, yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Well, never know. Mm-hmm. Never know. So that that was that for WWE's 2020, well, up till August, and then we sort of... Didn't watch wrestling. Then we hot shot in it. WCW style. But, um, no, I think I think it's been it's been one of those years. I'm sure we're all looking forward to 2021 a lot more um, and, and, and getting over this year that's just been mm. horrific due to the pandemic and stuff like that. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to a, a wrestling Get event as well. Um, Get vaccinated. Get yeah. vaccinated. Yeah, vaccinated. Anti vaxxers, you're not welcome on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you still plus getting to fucking Vaughn this year. <laughs> um, nah, I'm really looking forward to getting back to events myself as well. I think that's something that. Because we sort of, you know, we've just been going to the TVs and stuff like that um, in Manchester the, uh, once a year. Because we sort of w- taken away from the live event experience because we've been in that many of them. We're like, oh, I've seen everybody now, you know. Um, but it's kind of like now, with, uh, just getting back to a wrestling show would be phenomenal. I'd love to I'd just. Quite sick thinking about it. <laughs> um, so, thanks very much for joining me, Stuart. It's been a 
It's been an interesting year. <laughs> Not a pleasure. Um, and we'll, we'll see you all next year in 2021. Um, we'll be back with some pay-per-view reviews and maybe some new stuff. We'll need to wait and see. Thanks very much. Take care.